gonna be just like senior year except for funner. Hey guys, so we actually recorded this episode back in February when I had just come back from my favorite country in the entire world, Ireland, but we wanted to save it for St. Patrick's Day, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the rom-com room. I'm Kendra. Hi guys, I'm Mercedes, and this week we're talking about the Irish-American stage to film feature Wild Mountain Time. Oh my goodness. But of course, Mercedes, before we talk about this movie, we have to talk about our celebrity crush of the week. Who are you crushing on this week? Okay, so I don't know about you, but I've been watching all the new sitcoms that have been coming out. And okay. one of my favorites this like new 2022 year is Grand Crew on NBC. Ah, so I, I just saw the trailer. It's so much fun. And I know, Kendra, you're not a big sitcom girl, but this is so great. And like, I'll watch anything with Nicole Byer because I just think she's hilarious ever since she's MTV's funny. Girl Code. She's great. <laughs> I love her. And Echo Kellum, I, he would fit in so well on this podcast because he's such a rom-com loving guy. And he's the hopeless romantic of the friend group. And I've been like in desperate need of a really good friendship sitcom since New mm. Girl ended in 2018. So I'm yeah. so glad this is here. It's oh, so I'm glad you have your friend <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> I will have to I'll watch it. Mercedes, <laughs> you know what? I respect you. I will watch anything that you suggest because you have suggested some pretty good stuff to me in the past. So. I will definitely, Gosh, I will definitely honored. be watching it. <laughs> okay, so mine's a little bit off this week. So although I'm straight, I have a girl crush this week. I am totally crushing on Rihanna, Miss Riri, because she just yes. announced that she's pregnant with her first child with ASAP Rocky. Yay. And Congratulations, I just feel like, Rihanna. I know. Congrats, <laughs> Rihanna. I feel like she's just such a boss in every other aspect of her life. And now we get to watch her just completely dominate motherhood and she's going to kill it. I'm very yeah. happy for her. And I love seeing like all these past interviews pop up where she was just like, yeah, in 10 years, like I'm going to like have this business and this business and be in makeup and being fashion and also have kids. And I'm like, she's really doing it all. She's and really doing it all. I mean, she is just like everything we all want to be forever, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, That's exactly. Great. I have a purple puffer jacket, but now I'm going to need a pink one to match her. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going straight into the TLDR. This is just where we summarize the show for anyone who hasn't seen it. Summarize the show, summarize the movie <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen it. So we just want to completely acknowledge the fact that first we are talking about Wild Mountain Time. This is a very, very random movie. We chose it because I was just in Ireland. I literally just got back last night. And Ireland is my favorite country. I've been three times. I love the people. I love how beautiful it is. I love the person that I am when I'm there. And I feel like we could have done... A more classic Irish rom-com like Leap Year or P.S. I Love You. Mm -hmm. But we wanted something fresh and new. And we know that this is a little bit random, but it is such a fun and quirky movie. If you guys have not seen Wild Mountain Time, you can stream it on Hulu. And just a fair warning, there are spoilers ahead. So Rosemary, played by Emily Blunt, has loved her neighbor, Anthony, played by Jamie Dornan since she was a child. But Anthony has always been kind of aloof and indifferent to not just her, but the life around him. When Rosemary's father dies, when they're a bit older, it sparks negotiations of who will own the land that Anthony's father, Tony, played by Christopher Walken, has. So all these tensions rise when we learn that Tony doesn't see Anthony as a man and even less as a farmer and decides to will his land to Anthony's American cousin who lives in New York City, Adam, that's played by uh, the ever-gorgeous John Hamm. <laughs> Tony wants Anthony to marry and to be serious about his future. It's very apparent when everyone, though, realizes that Adam is not necessarily the safest choice either to own the farm because he just knows nothing about Ireland and the simple ways of life. So Anthony decides to take matters into his own hand to prove to his father that he should be the owner of the farm, and he decides to propose to Rosemary, but soon gives up on the idea before he even does it because he lost his mother's wedding ring. 
Everything changes when Rosemary's mother, played by Dirvla Malloy, dies as well, and Rosemary's left alone. It sparks something in Tony, who is on his deathbed and decides to change his mind and leave the farm to Anthony after all. Dreaming of going to the ballet since Rosemary was a child, she takes a day trip to New York City to see the ballet show she's always dreamed of and to pay Adam a visit, who ends up kissing her. <laughs> and then her world just completely spirals and quickly gains the confidence to finally confront Anthony about her feelings for him and get an understanding of why he's never shown interest. When we learn it's due to some, uh, for lack of a better word, problems that Anthony has, he learns to conquer his fears of love and marries Rosemary. So this is a 20, <laughs> this is a 2020 film written, directed by Academy Award winner John Patrick Shanley, who you may know from such films as Moonstruck and Doubt. Uh, can I just say first, Meryl Streep's performance in that movie is unrivaled. He's also very big in the theater world, so he's done a lot of plays and everything yeah. too. Yeah, and so this movie is actually based on the Tony-nominated play written by Shanley called Outside Mullingar, which debuted in 2014. It was a Deborah Messing's Broadway debut, and it was pretty well received in the U.S., but Irish reviewers have heavily critiqued it. I did my research. I found some pretty harsh (laughs) harsh reviews. Yeah, I read that, too, because the Irish press actually hated the accents of this movie, which is funny because Jamie Dorn is actually Irish. Um, mm-hmm. But and I thought Emily Blunt did an amazing job, but I can understand, you know, maybe they weren't super keen on Christopher Walken's accent. Christopher Walken was fully American. <laughs> I feel like, too, though, he's the type of actor where his whole identity is his voice. Like Definitely. people know Christopher Walken by his voice. And I'd never want him to change it anyways. But, you know, always got to give big ups to Christopher Walken because he's <laughs> he's awesome. I also saw that the director originally wanted Emily Blunt to play Amy Adams character in the movie Doubt back in okay. 2008. So it's great that they finally got to work together uh, in this film. Yeah. And I also saw, too, that... So our producer, Lucy, is a huge theater geek. And she let us know that the place that John Hamm and Emily Blunt go see a ballet, it's actually a Broadway house. And so there would never actually be a ballet there. It would, all, it would always just be like a Broadway play. And so I thought that was really interesting, too. But, you know, we make it work with what we get. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to jump into Time Capsule. We just like to recap where we were, what we were doing the year that this movie came out, and, you know, who we were crushing on, who we were at the time. So, obviously, this is a pretty recent film, just 2020, mm-hmm. the year that the world kind of shut down. What were you doing during that time, Mercedes? Okay, so this movie came out in December 2020. I will just say, like most of the world, I was not doing well. <laughs> yeah. Earlier that year, I got my master's in the middle of lockdown, which is pretty intense. Yeah. And yeah, a lot like this movie, time didn't make sense. <laughs> it didn't, nothing made sense. So yeah. it, it makes sense to me that this movie came out in 2020. I will say that. <laughs> you know, I remember seeing this trailer on Amazon Prime and adding it to my watch list because Like I said, I'll probably say it multiple times this episode. I am obsessed with Ireland. It is the best country. And I feel like anything related to Ireland, I watch very quickly. But for some reason, I just I didn't get to this movie like just yet. But I love it because I actually watched it when I was in Sligo. And I just feel like watching Irish content in Ireland just hits different, you know, because then I could just like go run around in the fields. I feel like I was pretending that they were actually in. And (laughs) And this was a first watch for both of us. Neither of us had ever. I hadn't even heard of this movie until you suggested it. Yeah. We wanted to do a special Irish viewing for Kendra. Mm-hmm. So this was awesome. And I immediately, one of my best friends lives is from Kildare, lives in Kildare in mm-hmm. Ireland. So I texted her after and I was like, have you seen this movie? I need you to watch this movie just so I know your takes on it and your feedback. She had not seen it either. She was just like, son with Emily Blunt? And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what did she think of it? Did she like it? She, 
She hasn't seen it, and I don't know how soon she will see it based on my comments on it. <laughs> but I'm excited to get more into that now. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of 2020, I just remember during lockdown, I would have kind of a movie from a different country week. Like every week, I would Ooh. pick a country and solely watch content from that country. So, like, that. yeah, one week it'd be France, one week it'd be Germany, one week it was the UK. And I, I live alone and I do everything by myself. So I was talking to myself a lot during the pandemic. Like, I just talk to myself a lot naturally. Same. But I started talking to myself in an Irish accent and practicing it. And I feel like I got pretty good. I'm not going to do it for you right now because I don't want to embarrass myself. But nah. I, was, I did start speaking to myself in an Irish accent. And now I feel like I'm, I'm almost mastering it. <laughs> I did that when I was watching Normal People. And then my friend Ro, my Irish friend, she was like, never do that to me ever. Don't. And I was like, I won't, I won't, I won't, ever. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for the Rom-Com Hall of Fame. But yes. first, of course, Mercedes, we got to roast this movie. Tell me, I know that you, you are not a big fan of this movie, but tell yeah. me what you feel like didn't age well or doesn't perform very well. So for me, this movie felt a lot like a fever dream. I think mm. the pacing made the story hard to follow for me. And almost through the entire movie, I thought this was taking place in like the 50s. And then all of a sudden she travels to New York and it's present day. So this is 21st oh, wow. century, but it really doesn't feel like it when they're there. And I know this is based on a play and I didn't know that prior. But when I was watching it, I felt I was like, this is either a novel adaptation or a play adaptation because mm -hmm. you're so confined to the space of the farm that I was like, it's all taking place in basically one space. Yeah. So I was like, this has to be like a stage format that's definitely what happened and it's interesting because he didn't direct the play but then he decided to direct the film so i think that might have been where something got tripped up a little bit i have some thoughts about the story too it just i didn't have a lot to root for here and i think that's okay. the hardest thing but i think the timeline was tricky also anthony bringing his cousin to like quote examine rosemary to be a potential wife did not <laughs> like, I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? What do you mean? This is 2020 when this movie comes out? That was very interesting to me. But yeah, my biggest gripe is like, I really didn't have anyone to root for. And their stories felt, they fell flat for me. They felt a little shallow. Like, there's no reason for me that these people should be together other than the fact that they like grew up beside each other. And so that's what was confusing for me. I just wish these characters had like something to them. Like you get uh, at, right at the beginning. We see them as children, but it really doesn't tell you a lot. It kind of alludes to his feelings of being a honeybee, which we will address. <laughs> but I don't know, like some parts of it, it just felt like improv. You know what I mean? Like I was, I yeah. feel like, and I feel like all these people had like different scenarios that they were playing in an improv game. Mm -hmm. Where, like, it just wasn't computing for me. And I know this is supposed to be, like, a folklore fairy tale-esque. Like, there's some sort of magic to it, I will say, okay. in just the story. Like, it feels like some like a story somebody would tell to you. Like, mm -hmm. a grandparent or something when you're younger. That's kind of how the story falls for me. But, yeah, it just feels really uneven. I don't think that Anthony wasn't really there for Rosemary in the same way she was for him till the very mm -hmm. end. Yeah. Also, Emily Blunt's wig. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize she was wearing a wig. You know, I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts. That I know we're supposed to be roasting this movie, but I just want to respond to some of the things that you said. So when I was in Ireland, I I stayed at an Airbnb for the very first time, and my Airbnb host was a tour guide in Westport County Mayo, and she was telling me that like Ireland is one of the best preserved 
countries Mm -hmm. in Europe and arguably the world. So I can understand how it may seem like this was in a different time period. Because if you literally go outside of the main part of Dublin, if you go out to like more of the country, it is going to kind of feel like a time warp because everything is still very old. Like I said, everything is very well preserved. And so it's funny because I never thought that this was like taking place at a different time than the present day. I don't know. I was I was paying attention to like the clothes that they're wearing and how they're talking. It just it seemed very present day to me. I feel like the reason I loved this movie, though, is because they had little tiny intricacies that are very Irish. So, for example, the scene in the beginning where Tony and Rosemary's mother are talking after Rosemary's dad dies and they have the Mm -hmm. funeral. Like, when she's leaving the room, she's like, bye, 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 bye. Like, that's a very Irish thing. Like, they say bye a million times, and it's really cute. (laughs) And I just feel like, too, in terms of rooting for someone, I always gravitate towards rom-coms based off of, like, little things that I can relate with with the characters, right? So Rosemary and Unrequited Love, oh, my gosh, that is the story of my life. (laughs) Feeling Like, having feelings for someone for so long and them not recognizing you or noticing you or even kind of giving you the time of day at all I feel like that is my story written in stone and so I was rooting for Rosemary because rooting for Rosemary means rooting for myself and I don't have anyone else on my team so I need to be rooting for myself and I also felt like too I judge you know my love of rom-coms based off of the very ending scene like that big that big elaborate like yeah. declaration of love scene. And I love that it was kind of a classic pouring down rain, screaming at each other, like, this is my heart. This is how I feel. This is what I know. This is what I believe. And then, you know, them coming together at the end. I always really love those big moments. I think I've said it before in past episodes, like that's why I love when I date with Tad Hamilton, because it's also like mm-hmm. a huge declaration of love at the end. And so I just really like those moments. I really love Irish accents. It sounds like a (laughs) symphony in my ears. I love all the scenery too, like the opening shots. You can see so many different iconic places in Ireland. And I always just feel like so peaceful and so at home in Ireland. So it just brought back that feeling of being peaceful and me at home. Also, this movie totally reads like a theater play. And I'm a huge theater nerd. Like I love theater. I did musical theater all through high school. I took theater classes like my entire life. (laughs) And so I love that it kind of has that back and that very theatrical back and forth in the dialogue. Uh, That was very fun and very quirky for me to watch. And that was something different too, right? This movie definitely goes against the formula of what you think a typical rom-com is. And I think that's totally okay because we could make the argument that this isn't even a rom-com. It's a a dramedy, you know, because there are sad moments. But I think it's more of the the blocking and the small details in there that are comical. But going back (laughs) into the rose, (laughs) there is a line that Anthony says that says, a man with feelings should be put down And I just feel like we are in this age where we are trying to encourage men to be more vulnerable and be more emotionally available and emotionally mature. And I don't want that line to come across as like men should not have feelings. They should just keep everything inside because that's what Anthony was doing through this whole movie. And that's why him and Rosemary got together so late is because he was keeping everything inside and he didn't want her to see the true him, even though the true him is a very, very interesting. Um, (laughs) I give props to Jamie Dornan as Anthony because he kept a straight face throughout all of these people's like (laughs) random Irish accents. Yeah. (laughs) Like his conversation with his dad, who is Christopher Walken on the deathbed and Christopher Walken is just like not not speaking in an Irish accent whatsoever. (laughs) And like that whole thing, I was like, 
he is so serious right here. I was like, this is real. Like, props to his acting for right there. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. But that kind of brings me to our, our next point. Like, one of my favorite quotes from that scene is Some of us don't have joy, but we do what we must. As a man who does what he must but feels no pleasure, less of a man than one who's happy. That crushed me. But then I also thought, you know, again, there were comical moments in this movie. And I love in the very beginning when Rosemary is sitting down with her dad when she's younger and she says, I have no purpose. I'm just a girl. The world is full of girls. Aww. <laughs> yeah. What's that, your favorite <laughs> quote for this? My favorite quote is, I believe that I'm a honeybee. <laughs> Anthony says to Rosemary after she finally gets it out of him of like, why won't you be in love with me? Like, why aren't you? Why aren't we together? After being like, are you in love with a donkey? Are you gay? No, no, I'm a honeybee. And you hear it and you're like, this is the climax of this movie. Like, what's yeah. happening here? And it, it, like, really pulls you out, which it was just, I, like, could not help but laugh. And later, he explains it a little more in the car where he's just like, I'm a honeybee. And she's like, what am I, a bee? And, he, she's, and he's like, you're a flower, which is very sweet. It was sweet once it was explained a little more. But from the beginning, I was like, I'm sorry. Am I watching the bee movie? But see, the thing is, I almost feel like it would be even more random if it came out of nowhere, to be honest. I didn't feel like it just came out of nowhere. There were signs of bees throughout this movie, right? Yeah. So you hear buzzing a lot. You see images of bees. You even see that part where there's a bee in Anthony's house and he puts it under a cup and releases it outside. It was like dramatic irony. You know, we saw like little, little things throughout the movie telling us, okay, this is going to be a bigger part of the storyline. It was very random, though. Yeah. I will give that to you, Mercedes. It was very random. <laughs> Even in the synopsis on Hulu, it does say, love has stung them. Like, they <laughs> give it to you there. <laughs> All right. I know what you're going to say, but I have to ask, if this movie came up on your Tinder feed, would you swipe left or would you swipe right? I'm swiping left as fast <laughs> as I could, and I'm oh. not going to lie. I'm sorry. If I had to rank love stories where the leading man claims to be a bee, I would put the bee movie at number one and this at number two. <laughs> I, I am very grateful that you disagree with me. <laughs> I respectfully disagree with you, Mercedes. I completely see your point. All of your points are valid. And again, this is just me being biased, and I don't know why I can never overcome my biases, but I just, I would swipe all the way right. I feel like it encompasses all the things that I love. Ireland, the theater, love, comedy. And so I just feel like because my heart beats so strongly for Ireland, I have to swipe right. But I'm curious, Mercedes, do you feel like there's a country in the world or a place in the world that you've been to that you just feel like your heart is uniquely tied to that place? I feel like there are a few. I'm easily like sentimental and emotionally attached to like a lot of places I go. So I'll yeah. find things where I'm just like, yes. I am drawn back here because of this thing or like I love going somewhere and like listening to a certain album or like yeah. watching a certain movie there. So then those things always bring you back. It's those scent memories too. Like if I was wearing a certain scent or had a specific meal there that like really reminds me of that, I'm definitely mm -hmm. pulled back there. And I have a lot of appreciation for Ireland too. I mean, it gave me one of my best friends. Yeah. So and like my first time there was just so glorious. I spent Christmas with her. So like I think my memories, I think everywhere are just kind of like emotionally attached. Any, I can latch on to anything like that. Yeah, I understand. For me, when I went to Ireland the first time, it literally just felt like home. It yeah. felt so familiar. It felt so safe and peaceful. 
And I just feel like I'm a different person in Ireland. Like this time that I went, again, this was my third time going there. Within 48 hours, I got two tattoos and I got my nose pierced. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. We've both gotten tattoos in Ireland. I got yeah. my first tattoo there. I have three tattoos from there now. So the fir- very first time I went, I got a Game of Thrones tattoo because yes. <laughs> yeah. I shot Game of Thrones there. Yeah. But it's just funny because I feel so bold in that country. I feel so different. I feel like I have finally found my confidence and I have found my meaning to life when I go to Ireland. And so it's a country that I will keep going back to. And I also completely yeah. recognize I have blinders on when it comes to Ireland. Like it's kind of like when you when you love someone and you don't see the bad things because you're so early on in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like I've never had a bad experience in Ireland. And as a black solo traveler, like that's very rare for me. I often have hardships in different places um, dealing with racism or discrimination or things of that caliber. But I have never experienced any of that in Ireland. And that's just my very personal experience. And I just, I love that. It's so nice to be able to go somewhere and be 100% completely, authentically, genuinely you. So And comfortable. Like a place (laughs) where you feel comfortable right off the bat is so important. The way you feel about Ireland is the way I feel about Ireland's president, Michael D. Higgins. (laughs) I absolutely adore him. (laughs) He is the best. He is sometimes my wallpaper on my phone because I just Mm -hmm. love him that much. (laughs) That's so funny. I met these two guys at a bar in Sligo and we were talking. It's so funny because whenever I meet Europeans, they love to ask me about politics. Oh, they are obsessed with it. Yeah, They are obsessed with it. But we got on the topic of Ireland's president and they're like oh yeah he's a leprechaun and I've never seen a picture of him so I was like wait is is he really he's like yeah he's like a very little man literally looks like Dobby he's the best also (laughs) my middle name is Sabina and his wife's name is Sabina oh it's meant to be there exactly (laughs) all right guys we're gonna dive right into couples therapy Mercedes and I just love to give dating advice for the couples on how they can improve their relationship now Mercedes because you didn't like this movie and you felt like you didn't have anyone to root for Do you feel like you have advice for them? What advice would it be? Okay, so my main advice is to actually speak to one another in words (laughs) and not just riddles and weird sayings that I don't even know are traditional or made up for this. (laughs) I haven't done enough research on that. But I was truly confused to see how these two are in love. Like I Mm -hmm. said before, besides the fact that they've known each other for so long, this is another like childhood to adult love story that we're watching unfold. Yep. And I don't know. I think they just like really need to get to know each other and like have true conversations that don't just end in like somebody walking off (laughs) and also venture beyond the farms, like how Anthony kept telling Rosemary and he was doing this so he could push away his love for her. But like, and I understand that of just like moving and like getting out of the farm world and like leaving. And she does go to New York for two days and then nothing else, which was like the most insane part of this movie. I was like, what? Where's this coming from? Like, I don't know. I, and I think they just need to see parts of life that aren't their home and lean more into themselves there and like understand more of what they want and speak to other people who they haven't grown up to. Truly, like the only people that were brought up were his ex, who was also like the other childhood friend yeah. of theirs. So I'm like, just maybe talk to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like make friends or something. Exactly. Um, yeah, they don't have friends. They just hang out with their parents. Yeah, you know what's funny, funny Mercedes. So I make travel content on TikTok, and yeah, I was recently called elitist after one of my posts because I asked people for their yeah I asked people for their definition of solo travel because I feel like I have a lot of people on my page who are like 
oh, I'm a solo traveler. And they're like from Texas and they went to like Nebraska or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. To me personally, I was just like, I feel like solo traveling encompasses experiencing a different culture and getting a culture shock. Mm -hmm. And while there are different, you know, California is very different from Texas, it's very different from New York. Like you're still within America. It's still the same etiquette and nuances within your culture. Yeah, language, exactly. Currency, like all of these things. And so I was like, it's not, I don't necessarily feel like that. Solo traveling, I feel like solo traveling, you have to experience a different culture. And then all of a sudden, all these people were like, well, you know, not everyone can afford to travel. Not everyone is a year lead is year, but you're able to like all the oh, all these things, God. which was very, very frustrating for me because I was simply asking a question. I was just like, what's your definition of solo traveling? So I say all that just to be like, you know, maybe they don't have the means to travel elsewhere. And that's why they have it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that's always a factor. But within the oh, within the realm of this movie, I'm like, please, come on. Just like go over that fence. Just like just a few. Go into the yeah. city for a little bit, you know. <laughs> exactly. And like figure out like if there's something out there that like is love that feels immediately reciprocated yeah, <laughs> on some absolutely. level. And not like something you have to drag somebody down to really yeah. <laughs> no, get You're right. You're that. right. I do feel like my advice for Rosemary and Anthony, I just want them to remember that honeybees need flowers to survive. So like you, I did really like that part where Anthony was like, I'm a honeybee. But then Rosemary was like, am I a bee? And he's like, no, you're a flower. So a honeybee on its own will never survive. It will continue to search for the thing that it needs to survive. And a flower was meant to like give life to others. And I feel like without a purpose, a flower withers. And so I just want them to never stop being the flower to each other's honeybee. I love that. I love the metaphor. I love how beautifully you explained that. Practicing. (laughs) This couple, to me, they stress me out because of their lack of communication. Because I feel like she's just really just begging for his affection affection and, like, is trying to, like, really crack him like an egg. Yeah. And that's just hard for me to watch. Because at some point, I'm just like, I can't support this. <laughs> like, yeah, you well, know? it's not it's not like within your personality. But I'm curious, Marcetta, is like when you like someone, how do you go about navigating that? It depends. I don't really know how to explain it. I think I'm really good at getting to know people. And then once I realize that I like, like the guy, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, stunned into myself. that <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> silent all of a sudden. And then I'm like, okay. Mm. We're going to work through this. <laughs> really process this as it goes. So I take it day by day. Mm-hmm. I feel like I maybe relate more to Rosemary here because if I like someone, I don't tell them, I don't let them know. I've just been unfortunately rejected way too many times in my it's life. It's terrifying. You know, I put myself it's out there. Terrifying. It is terrifying. You know, yeah. on this trip, when I was in Ireland, I was like, you know what? I need to practice putting myself out there. So I was like going to bars by myself and like trying to talk to people. And, you know, it didn't really work. I did meet a girl who recognized me from TikTok over there and she bought me a drink and introduced me to all her friends. And we ended up having a great night out which was fun. But in terms of like meeting guys, like that's always been really hard for me to put myself out there just because I don't like rejection. It's very scary. I feel like rejection is scary for anyone, but how you handle it is different. There are some people who are just like, well, whatever, I'm just going to move on. And then there are some people like me who just kind of like dwell on it. (laughs) I think it depends on the way, the weight of the crush. If it feels Mm -hmm. like it's been a long time coming, that's when it's like very easy for me to just dwell and like sit back. Uh But when it's just really lighthearted, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. All right, Mercedes, I'm very curious. What do you feel like their love languages are? What do you think they give and what do you think they receive? So I think that Anthony's words of affirmation. I think that's what he needs because I think he needs a lot of reassurance. 
He seems deeply insecure and unsure about how to live his life in a way that's truthful and honest for him. But I was thinking about this in terms of familial love, too. Like, his conversation with his father was the first time where he seems to be, like, getting, like, positive reassurance from his dad in, like, a real truthful way. I don't know. I think that helped him a lot. And I think the trouble with this is that Rosemary is so, like, short and blunt and, like, doesn't beat around the bush. I think her harshness can, like, startle him. Because he seems yeah. deeply sensitive. And I can't really decide how he gives love since most of the film is focused on him like combating his feelings and like how to not give love. Like he really <laughs> stops himself so much. So I would argue that it's probably quality time just because they've grown up together. And that seems like his best way of truly letting somebody in like time. And then, yeah, for Rosemary, I was just thinking, I I think she gives physical touch and she mm-hmm. wants so badly to give physical touch to this man who really forcibly like shies away from that. Yeah. And um, I think she needs acts of service d- despite being so independent. And we see that throughout the film, like she really does it all in her all, all herself, like she's farming all of that land for her mother. Mm-hmm. And I do think like in their discussion in the house right before he confesses that he is a bee, she they really kind of bring in these like interesting gender roles. And she brings up like this whole idea of what a man should smell like. And <laughs> that's where I think the acts of service come in. And I think acts of service when it falls into like the masculine really can take on like the more like traditional idea of what the masculine role in a relationship is. So I think, yeah, like tending to the farm, stuff like that. But yeah, I want to know what you think. Yeah, you know, I feel like Rosemary gives acts of service, right? So when she volunteers to drive Anthony to the airport, if he just talks to her, she gets him a beer, she makes him a sandwich, she she does a yeah. lot for him physically. And But I feel like she needs words of affirmation because her whole thing is just like, well, I have these feelings for this guy and I have no idea what he's thinking. And she needs to hear how Anthony feels. Like she needs to hear the way, even him doing things for her is not enough. She needs to hear it from him because not only is he trying to convince her, but he needs to convince himself as well mm-hmm. in, in doing that. And I feel like for Anthony, he's he's very caring. And I just, I keep thinking back to the scene after the funeral of Rosemary's dad about how he kept being like, where's Rosemary? Oh, she's outside. She's going to catch a chill. Like, what does caring, what category of a love language does caring fall under? Do you think that's quality time or acts of service? I feel like it would be more acts of service because I think yeah. you're really paying attention to, like, the active needs of somebody yeah. You know? So I feel like Anthony gives acts of service and also just like <laughs> when he's using a metal detector throughout most of the movie to <laughs> find the ring, <laughs> just so random, but really funny. I feel like he gives acts of service, but gosh, he needs all of them because you're right. He is repressing his feelings yeah. throughout all of this. And I feel like he won't truly understand what love is and what he needs out of love until he receives all of the lang- love languages encompassed into one. Exactly. And I think that's like a real trouble that I have with this, which is why like I've, I feel like I can't root for them completely. It's because, I mean, calling somebody the flower to your bee is so sweet and wholesome, yeah. but it also like does not make for like the most romantic, grandiose love story when the whole time it feels so anticlimactic and like so forced on one yeah. side and i'm like you can't just come in here at the end and be like surprise i've loved you this whole time too <laughs> but then mercedes do you feel like this whole movie is about them living very simple and quiet lives 
do you feel like if there was this kind of big declaration in your opinion, like at the end, like that feels more like it would juxtapose to the rest of the story. Like they needed an ending that served the type of life that they've been living. This does feel like it's supposed to be like they wanted it's intended to be a a grand gesture declaration of love. So that's where I'm mixed up with where like I can't identify this as like a grand gesture because no part of this felt like it matched. Everything felt yeah. very uneven. It was if it was more like like a calmer type of opening up to somebody, I think it would go better with this movie because this movie does take a pretty slow stance. Sober. And it Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where I just like like the ending just felt so rushed compared to the rest where you're like watching all of these sad deaths the whole time and like really like drawn out lengthy farm scenes and stuff. Yeah. And then at the end it's just like, no, we're in love right now. And I think that's the part that I was like, that's strange. Okay. The timing okay. Is weird. I get it. Again, completely respect you. But then I want to know Rosemary and Anthony, do you think they last five years? I do think they last five years. And let me <laughs> tell you, <laughs> I think that Swan Girl and B-Boy last <laughs> and they are meant to be together because I cannot possibly imagine them even speaking to anyone else by the end yeah. of this movie. <laughs> like, they are stuck on that farm and they never seem to leave or want to leave. And you know what? That just makes for, I guess, the perfect pair. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like Rosemary and Anthony are definitely one in a million. We've talked about this before, Mercedes, about this idea of being with someone since you are like a kid or a teenager. And I do think because they're not necessarily going to venture out of their comfort zones and go anywhere else. Yeah, 100% they belong together and they will last five years and then they'll have (laughs) kids on the farm who stay there. Like this, the generation of this owning land on this farm will continue with them. So, yeah, that's why it feels very like folklore story to me. Yeah. Where, like, this is kind of like a around-the-fire story that you'd hear. Like, it doesn't <laughs> feel, like, necessarily like a movie, like a cinematic story, but it does feel like one that you'd be told when you're, like, younger. Exactly. All right, guys. Welcome to Heartthrob. We love to just gush about this movie, who we had a crush on, who we would take home to our friends and family. So, Mercedes, let's kick it off with you. There are very limited options, but I'm curious, who would you take home to meet your family? Who would you introduce to your friends? So I would take Rosemary home because she's Emily Blunt and I think we would be great (laughs) friends. I would not let her do the Irish accent. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just, it's hard. It was hard for me to pick one for this because these characters all like speak in such strange riddles half the time and like don't use sentence. They just like speak in sayings. I was like, nothing here is actual words. (laughs) <laughs> like nothing's being said yeah really so i was like maybe i'll just help take that grouchy horse home <laughs> I, was like, I feel like we bond yeah absolutely gosh okay so for me i definitely want to say i hate how indecisive anthony is and how he's yeah. unable to communicate but i still love him like i think he's very endearing we are before i take him to meet all of my friends we're gonna have to talk about the whole honeybee situation i'm gonna be like maybe totally. don't mention that right off the bat maybe just kind of like work up to it when you become more comfortable (laughs) but i also feel like i don't fault him because a lot of times i think i'm a wolf so (laughs) it is very much like if you're a bird i'm a bird no yeah thing that's what i related it to first what animal would you be would you be a wolf oh yeah 100 percent. i feel like i've always had qualities that resemble a wolf my entire life that would be my animal what about you what's your animal 
Um, if I were an animal, I've always said that I would be a red panda. Aww. But I also love apes. Like I, I, I wanted to be Jane Jane Goodall when I was younger. So like I love chimpanzees and I love orang- orangutans, yeah. especially. So like I, I would love to be that. So if somebody <laughs> asked me, I'd be like, I'm an orangutan. Yeah. I think those should be our next tattoos. You get a red panda or a orangutan, I'll get a wolf. <laughs> I'll get them all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Now it's time to play. Mary, screw, kill, Mercedes. We have Anthony, Adam, and Bad News Cleary. Who would you marry? Who would you screw? And who would you kill? <laughs> I honestly think that I would marry Bad News Cleary because he seems like a fun guy. And he would always warn me when something's about to happen. I have like my own fortune teller with me all the time. And he's just so nutty. He really brought like the comedy in this because he's the one that starts the whole rumor that Anthony's in love with a donkey. Yeah, which was like such a strange reoccurring <laughs> thing. Like it kept coming up, which I thought yeah. it would just be like a one-off bit, but no. And then I would screw Anthony and kill Adam. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm gonna go against the grain again, as I often do. I'm going to marry Anthony, screw Adam, and kill Bad News Cleary. And this is mm-hmm. all based off of where I'd want to live. Right? Yeah. I prefer to live in Ireland than New York City. So for that reason, I would marry Anthony. Then I could take like little trips to New York. That's fine. So I would screw Adam. And the reason I would kill Bad News Cleary is because I'm such a positive person. I'm such an optimist Mm -hmm. that being around cynical people or people who are pessimists really drains the energy from me. And I don't feel like I could be with someone who is constantly delivering bad news. Like that would just get to me. I could not. I think he would, on some levels, ease my anxiety, but I could easily see myself getting so annoyed with him. And I'd be like, please tell me something positive. Adam stressed me out because of his, like, whole idea of, like, what marriage is and, like, disbelief in love, which I think switches around at the end when we finally see him, like, kind of fall for someone on the airplane, which is always a dream. Yeah. I feel like I'm very traditional when it comes to the ideas of marriage and love. Like, I do believe that marriage is a commitment and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort and that's something that our generation is not very used to but i would also like to be married just one time to one person forever and grow old together and have children and watch our grandchildren play and sit on rocking chairs and then we die in our sleep holding hands like in the notebook <laughs> what are your ideas on love and marriage for me, marriage isn't very much very necessary i'm from a family who like not a lot of people are married uh, so, like, my parents aren't married, so, like, that's never been a necessity for me. I think Your parents aren't married. No, no, they're not. They're just together. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know yeah. that. I think of the wedding more than the marriage. I'm like, yeah, of course I'd want, like, a big party around me uh, and a pretty dress. So, yeah. That's, what that's very funny because I'm the opposite. I'd, I'd prefer to elope and just have, like, something with just me and yeah. my husband and then use that money to go travel for our honeymoon rather than spending on like a big party. <laughs> so on brand. So on brand. Yeah. All right, guys, before we wrap it up, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment. So it's funny because mm-hmm. I saw on Jer- Dermot Kennedy's Instagram that Jamie Dorn met- recently met him and they were in New York City and they said that they're best friends now. And that just made me so happy. I was like, Jamie oh Dorn and Dermot Kennedy being best friends is like the greatest thing ever i think you need to join their crew (laughs) i do i do i do but it's also funny too because like i said i gravitate towards you know content in ireland and like things that take place in ireland Mm -hmm. so i really need to go see belfast that's starring jamie dorden yeah and it's directed by kenneth Branagh because it's getting so much oscar buzz Mm -hmm. it was nominated for multiple golden globes this year and i think kenneth Branagh actually won for best screenplay so i need to go see that movie 
And I also, so the other star of that movie is uh, Katrina Balfe, who I worked with on Outlander back in my, oh my uh, days. Yeah, so I need to go see Belfast ASAP. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I do recommend to people who want like a fun Jamie Dornan fix and like enjoy his face. <laughs> if you want to see him like be carefree and silly. Um, definitely watch Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not seen it. Is that the is... Kristen Wiig? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. It's so <laughs> it's so silly and it's kooky and it really brings out this side of him that I hadn't seen before because I had only really seen him in dramas prior. But yeah. he really does have like a great sense of humor, and I la- added him to my list of like hotties who can be in comedies, like Chasing Tatum <laughs> and like Zac Efron, people like that who can like yeah. really like make fun of themselves in a movie like that. So I think that's fun. Also, a fun fact: huh. so on eleven eleven twenty twenty, famously known as my birthday, yes, <laughs> <laughs> this trailer for this movie came out, and the National Leprechaun Museum, as we know, is a completely reliable and legitimate place and resource. <laughs> Um, tweeted after watching the trailer, they they said, even we think this is a bit much, which is just so funny that this museum about mythical creatures that's like a complete joke of a place knows how wild, pun intended, this movie is. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny because it was like, what a review. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right, listeners, we want to hear from you. Can you tell us what is your favorite country? Do you have movies from a specific country that you gravitate towards? What did you think of this movie? Did you think it was a rom-com, a dramedy? Have you seen it? Is it added to your watch list? Let us know. You can Instagram DM us at MeetCute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Kenten Hollywood. Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGB11 on IG, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow MeetCute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week.